Welcome back to Transparency TV, and you're here with me, Chelsea. And today we have a very special guest. Her name, well, she's dubs in, but would you like to say your full name? Yes. So I go by Queen Zinnia online. Um, Zen for those who know me in person. I'm so excited to be here, Chelsea. Woo! I'm excited for you to be here. Yes. Okay. So Zania is a 21-year-old aspiring artist and social media influencer. God has also been using her to shine her light through ministry and music across multiple stages and platforms. She is a daughter of the Most High, dubbed Queen Z. Queen Z, it is a pleasure to have you on. All right. So today we will be talking about something that's very interesting which is, does God care about Black people? Mm. And, you know, uh, this seems like an obvious question, but a lot of people do not believe that. I've actually had a conversation with a young man who told me that the Christ Christianity is a white man's religion. The Bible was forced down our throats when we were slaves. And I could beg to differ. I don't agree. But I can kind of see where he was coming from. But again yeah not I do not agree with it so Zen is gonna give us more insight on does God care about black people but before we get into it let's say a prayer God Father I thank you Lord for this opportunity that we have to shine some light in the dark areas Lord where there's ignorance Lord I pray that if anything is felt through this video it's what you want to be felt and your love for everyone god please help black people to know that they are special and that you've created everyone equal whatever you want us to know please shine your light god use us fill us up with your holy spirit and speak your truth father in jesus name amen amen all right so i have a few questions to start off first so Give us a little background about yourself, your way of life growing up, parents, etc. Sure. Um, well, I guess I always start with like family. I'm the firstborn daughter of a family of four. Uh, my mom, my dad, my brother. Um, yeah, I was raised in an SDA household, a consistent God-fearing household. I think that's important to specify too. So like, since as early as I could remember, we had morning devotions and evening devotions. You just know, like, if you're asleep and you hear that song, like, uh, it's Lord in the morning, but we always sang it in vernacular. You just hear those, those first lines, you're like, okay, I got to get up and go, <laughs> go for morning devotions. So um, yeah, my parents always encouraged me to have my own walk with God as well. And so I've been doing that. I was baptized when I was 13 and I waited until it meant something to me personally. And I knew that it was something I could commit to. Um, and ever since, like, it's been great. God has really shown me that like a relationship with him is a lot more chill than I thought it would be. It's a lot more like enjoyable, refreshing. It's not this like, oh, you have to reach this point. It's more just like, you have questions, you ask God, God answers, and he just like leads you along step by step. So yeah, that's been my faith journey. Yes, I love that. It sounds like we have to have another interview soon because I need to get into the depths of like how <laughs> people need to know like a relationship with God is not 
you know, a lot of times what we think it is. Um, yeah. But it takes having one, like, it takes having a relationship with him to know that. Like, things are going to look scary unless people actually take that first step. But mm-hmm. thank you, Zen, for that background. And tell us, why are you so interested in Black history? Uh, what has your experience been like as a Black girl growing up in, in Canada? But first, answer the first question. And just to say, when I like first started talking to Zen, because she's in Canada, over WhatsApp, um she I was it was very apparent like she was pro like black like she she knew her stuff she's awoke so okay okay yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so tell us how that happens and uh well I mean I was you know you already see the material I am black um and I'm also fourth generation Adventist on both sides and I say that to say that there's been an like an up and down in my family's relationships with God, just because of like what has happened historically. Like, um, for example, my grandfather who passed away, um, he kind of left the church for some time because of what happened with his parents um, divorcing and the church family kind of having a way in that situation. I won't get into it because that's his business. Uh, Rest in peace. But you know, there's been different like relationships with the church and even on my other side. Um, so it's just kind of been up and down. And a lot of the wrestling and the struggling that I've heard about that happened within my family always had to do with, is this faith for us? Does it fit our situation? Um, is it practical for our culture? Like, or do we have to abandon who we are to actually accept this religion or this faith like will God accept us as African people or do we have to be like more white to be in the kingdom of heaven so yeah that's something that I think is in my bloodline of wrestling with um and also yeah just on both sides again of my family um, they've just been very you know for our rights as human beings who happen to be black so yeah, my grandfather was a political activist during apartheid era, and my family was influenced by that in a lot of good ways and bad. So that's already in my bloodline. Yeah, there's just been a lot going on in my family history that I'm still learning that has definitely informed me, I guess, even like on that biological level where it's like, there's just something in me that has to stand up for Black people and be like, okay, this can't be it. This can't be all we're worth. This can't be all we deserve. Like, there has to be something more. So that's um, where that hunger came from. And and that is so cool. Like, I, I find you were like that person in your generations that said, hold up, I'm going to actually ask God about this. I'm going to, you know, Get, go deeper into the word and I feel like you broke a generational curse because now your yeah. kids can ask stuff about you know does God and you can have the answers for them that yeah. you sought from God so praise God and that that lineage that's nice political activists yeah. wow <laughs> yes yeah, it's I a lot girl because because like you said when you're woke sometimes I'm not trying to toot my own horn but when you realize things then a lot doesn't sit right with you and you have to decide like, is it worth saying something or do I let it slide? 
So sometimes maybe you experience this too, like having that heightened discernment, you just pick up on a lot and sometimes it's overwhelming. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And New York, we don't have a lot. Cause I feel like, you know, people can't get away with racism here as if they could have, you know, in the place where there's majority white people, but I definitely know what you're talking about with that heightened sense of, hold up. Did you just say fried chicken to me? Like, Oh my watermelon gosh. like why did you give me the watermelon why can't I have the cantaloupe like what <laughs> and, uh. you know this is like race card but uh, you just give know. me flashbacks to high school <laughs> just like PTSD <laughs> yeah well yes so what has your experience been as a black girl growing up in Canada you know it's been lit um yeah it's been <laughs> I don't know because this is the only life I know I can't really I don't know how to describe it I think for the most part things have been normal um I grew up during an era where I guess when I turned 12 around 2012 and on that's when more like we started to see more black people on Disney um and in media just celebrating natural hair and all of that so I would say that was kind of the beginning of my acceptance and awakening. Um, I remember when Let It Shine dropped, that was, I guess, like a pivotal moment because, I mean, growing up around white people and you see them on TV, you see them at school, you don't see anyone who looks like you, you just feel weird, you feel different, you feel like another creature almost. Mm -hmm. And you're just like, okay, what hairstyles work with my hair? Like, what works with me? Like, what outfits work with my skin tone or even like culturally, how do I talk to my parents? Um, and then I started watching, you know, more shows came out, like even True Jackson VP, um, Shake It Up, all of that, where you actually saw Black people as the leads, just living normal lives. And then like, again, Let It Shine came out, which was like a Disney show about a kid who grew up in church, who also wanted to do music and it just hit. And then it was an awakening for me and my friends who were African, just growing up together. And we're just like, you know what guys, like, it's cool to be black. We like being black. Like, look at this. Like we see ourselves on here. This is cool. We have people to look up to. So yeah, I think from then on, we just all encouraged each other in our little group. Um, hyped each other up, learned a lot about Black culture, even through social media. So yeah, it, it, it's been up and down. There are also definitely times where people used to like try to touch your hair, like before asking, they just be like, oh, what's this? And you're just like, uh, are you good? <laughs> and you know, I had to check a few people for that or just do it back to them. And then when they would go like this, I'm like, well, that's how I feel. And they'd be like, okay, I get it. So it's been a little bit of educating people, um, um, but mostly fun times, I would say. It's been all right. Yes, and I definitely get what you're saying with the lack of representation. Like even in New York, I would say like there would be posters in school and they would be white people on the school, white people on the poster. Um, mm -hmm. And I'm like, we go to a mostly like there's 99.999% black people <laughs> in my school. Why can't we just have this? Why can't a black person be on the poster? Like, why can't a black and a white person be on? But just a white yeah. like that. And then the first time I, I saw um, a commercial with black woman in it, I was like, wow, mm -hmm. I was in awe. I think it was a Pantene commercial and it was gold. It was their gold series. 
something like that. Oh. And they their hair was flourishing, you know, it was curly. And then at that moment, I realized, wow, we really do lack representation. Like I was so mm. used to not having it that I had to look at a commercial and be like, wow, there's really black people on the screen right now. Yeah. Because they're being arrested. Like, that's amazing. That's that's crazy. Because usually you see the panting commercials with the white woman and her yep. hair is just flowing and shining. It's mm-hmm. just like. Or if they're feeling spicy, they'll put um, the Indian woman. Yeah. And, or the Asian woman, you know, maybe just yeah. if they feel a little like, oh, let's add something different. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> or Selena Gomez and call it a day. <laughs> and call it a day. She's, you know, but it's it's amazing to have representation. And I couldn't I can't imagine you said it's normal for you. Yeah, I guess it's because you as you said, you've always been there, so it's normal. So mm-hmm. tell us about your relationship with God growing up and how God used black history to cause your relationship with him to flourish a few years ago. Hmm. Um yeah, so I grew up in Canada, so all the churches I went to, except for one, were predominantly white. Um, the one church I went to that was predominantly like, I think they're Islander, like Jamaicans and all of them, you know, Caribbeans, that was in um, Ottawa and that we were only there for one year. But yeah, so, you know, I grew up with, you know, in Sabbath school, the little felt, um, do you remember that? The, the little felt boards? Did you oh, guys have that? Oh, yeah. yeah, this is like, <laughs> where they're like, Girl, where they would like illustrate the Bible stories with the little characters. All of them were white. All of them had blonde hair or whatever. The angels had blonde hair. And I was like, oh, okay, girl. Um, So I remember, you know, and obviously like the Bible's in English too. So the names are English names. So I remember feeling like, you know, I heard that verse or someone, I don't even know if it is a verse, but actually it might be where it says like, we'll get new names in heaven. And so I was like, oh, great. When I get to heaven, my name's going to be easier to say because I have a name that's like in another language. You know, Zinfa is my full name, but I don't want my government on the internet like that, but it's okay. I'll just say it for this illustration. So I always felt like, you know, no one could say my name correctly. And, you know, I wasn't represented in the Sabbath school felt boards or the pictures it was always white people white people white people so you start feeling like okay like did we just crawl out of the ground somewhere where did black people come in like (laughs) where are we so um I also remember when I was younger wishing that like when I get to heaven my hair would be like white people's hair because again I didn't see myself represented I didn't see any pictures of Black people in heaven, because again, I think our faith comes from, or denomination comes from like a place, you know, America rooted in white supremacy. So for them, the default is just putting themselves at the front. Um, So yeah, I felt like, okay, when I get to heaven, then being Black will be fixed, quote unquote, and I'll finally be whatever I was created to be. But as I grew up and I would ask questions with my parents, um, they were very adamant about telling me like, no, God created us like this on purpose. There's nothing wrong with how we look. There's nothing wrong with our names. Matter of fact, like um, my grandmother, her name is Koliswa, which has a meaning, I believe it means God has blessed or God has given. But then um, because she grew up in, in South Africa, 
And, you know, in Africa, the colonizers came through. They're like, no, you guys have to change your names. All these traditional names got to go. We're giving you Christian names. So her Christian name was Jane. I don't know who Jane is in the Bible. I, <laughs> I don't know what could be more Christian than a name that literally gives glory to God, even if it's in another language. But there are just little things like that that I started to question. And I started to realize, like, God's not the one who imposed that on us. It's white supremacy. So I had to go through separating what does God actually say versus what is the narrative that's being pushed. And the only way to know what God actually says is to ask him those questions, open up your Bible and start taking notes. So that was my journey of asking those questions. And then during quarantine, when it first started, I was like, okay, I finally have time. God, let me ask you these questions. Please teach me in depth. What does the Bible have to say about black people? Are we here? Do we matter? Why are we here? What did we ever do to everybody? Like, <laughs> are we being punished? What's going on? So that's where I started really sitting down and intentionally taking notes on this topic. Yes, and I love that so much. As I said before, like a lot of people would just judge God and say, oh no, he's judgmental, he's this, he's that, and just leave it alone and go to somewhere else. But you mm. actually took the time to get to know for yourself and yeah. that's just amazing to me. Um, and also, I know what you're talking about. Like, literally, I would look up paintings on Google about Jesus in first. Yeah. He was white. You know, he had blonde hair. He looked very serene. That's Jesse, girl. That's not Jesus. That's Jesse. <laughs> <laughs> and that's that's not who Jesus was. If yeah. the Bible was actually read, we would know, first of all, Jesus's mm -hmm. parents were afraid so they hid him in Egypt and in Egypt the people mm. are tan so if Jesus was a white he would have stood out why would they go to Egypt to hide a white child they wouldn't and they wouldn't. it's like also there would be images of Jesus's second coming right and I don't want to yeah I don't want to be too iffy but I'm like no but this is a real problem because you would see a whole crowd of people <laughs> yeah. entering heaven and there's not one black person in the I'm like so I didn't make it where where am I at? <laughs> Yo. girl maybe we're already there on a, another island I don't know but <laughs> yeah, it's I just it, it's it's frustrating but and it does it has an impact it really does like um I take psychology, so I know there's like subliminal messages. I also want to bring up this episode of the Winx. I'm sorry, like there was this Winx episode. Do you know what the Winx is? The Winx? Yeah, yeah. but I wasn't yeah. allowed to watch it. But oh, go okay. ahead. Yeah, I used to I'll... like sneak, but yeah, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. So the <laughs> Winx, there's an episode, and you know, black girls in and cartoons usually have straight hair. Like that's how it grows out of her head. Like, but you know, for some people it does, but not for the majority of us so her hair was usually straight and something I think she got shocked or something and her hair just went puffy I'm like okay but the and it looked like a regular afro that's the thing yeah and then they came to her they said oh my gosh what happened to your hair I'm like what you mean what happened to her hair she picked it out and she got a nice afro but they they treated it like and it looked like an afro yeah and they treated it like it was something weird so 
I definitely know where all that is coming from. But going yeah. back to the, the first point that I made, it's like God is saying, seek me, seek me and find me. And when you do it with all your heart, no, mm-hmm. the verse is seek me. And when you seek me with all your heart, you will find me. So Amen. it's like, if you're having doubts about if God cares, if God loves, read his word, that's literally his love yep. letter to us. So please do not just assume you know everything because remember the enemy is trying to paint a bad picture of God. He does not want any of us to come near to him. So he says he puts thoughts in our minds like God is mean. He's judgmental. He Mm. will not accept you because you've done so, so, and so. But those are all lies like sin. If you want to get to know something, even if it's not about black history and it's about something else that's on your heart, get to know him. And these are the things that God uses to push us towards him um Amen. yeah and also i want to say something i remember um priscilla priscilla schreier i think you know her no no okay so she's a she's a um a pastor and there was this one clip that she said um paraphrasing she said first i'm christian then i'm black okay viral oh everybody <laughs> said oh she said she's not black she said she's not Ooh. black and it, she got so much flack for that oh. i mean people are so dangerous on the internet like come on man so treacherous but yeah it's like that she's she's right first we're christian and i remember having the same like conversation i i prayed about you know black people because as you said it's like what do we do to anybody like it's like every state we go every country you go there's a stigma on us china russia mm. the united states canada there's somewhere france where somebody thinks that a black person just because we're black we're less than and so i was like god why and then one thing that i was called out on was pride and Ooh. i see it yeah yeah i see it a lot in this generation with the black lives matter movement and you know, black power, all these things. It's like, first of all, your identity in Christ is who you are. That's first and foremost. I define you, not your color. Mm. And so me saying that, you know, my color defined me first was a sense of pride because that's me Mm. taking, you know, that's me making my my color more than what God has already called me. So like your flesh. Yeah. 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 Go ahead. It's like, our, our bodies aren't going to heaven with us. So mm. we have to be more aware of our spirit and what's on the inside. And if somebody, you know, people will be people, you know, white, black, orange, green, people will be people. So yeah. it's not everybody's going to like us and that's okay. But as long as we know we have the love of God, it's fine. It's fine. We'll be good. All right. Anything else to say, Zen? I always do a lot of talking on these. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, I agree. Like, I also heard a lot of people say that they are Christian first before they're Black. And for me, I felt like, I don't know. I felt like, why can't you be both at the same time? But I guess, like, that's just my own perspective of it. But I appreciate hearing you break that down. Um, I also want to say that activism is very much encouraged in the Bible as we know, I think it's Micah 4, verse 8. He has shown you, oh man, what is good? What does the Lord, the Lord require of you? To do justice, love mercy, walk humbly with God. And like you said, pride cannot be part of that equation. 
um, even if we do activism, actually we should all be doing activism and speaking up for those who are disadvantaged and less fortunate, you know, for whatever reason, could be economic, could be racial, could be even like family situations. It's our job to stand up for people who, you know, are being taken advantage of in this world. Um, and something that I found interesting was the word for righteousness in the Old Testament specifically is also that same word for justice. So I noticed that like when it said your righteousness will shine as the noonday or God is clothed in righteousness, God is also clothed in justice. And that means being fair. It doesn't mean, um, you know, making the other group suffer as much as we did. It means leveling the playing field. Like it means, I guess, equity in some ways and equality in others. Like in a perfect world, we would just all be on the same equal playing ground. We will all be treated fairly. We would all get access to the same resources and all have an equal opportunity to reach our full potential. But unfortunately, that's not the world we live in. So, you know, but just reminding us that we wrestle not against flesh and blood. Our enemy is not fellow human beings. Um, a lot of these, you know, racist things and evil things that have happened in life are because of the devil and people who have been willing to be used by him to torment God's people, people who are made in God's image. So yeah, it's just kind of like knowing where your focus is as you do whatever activism means to you, I think is also very important. Yes, thank you for saying that. And yeah, God, when I think of Jeremiah, the prophets, Elisha, they could be considered activists of their time. Like mm -hmm. literally it was, you know, they, God would encourage people to feed the widows, not feed the widows, mm -hmm. take care of the widows and the, the fatherless and all that stuff. Yes. So in a way that is justice and we're just doing it in a different way because I don't think, I'm not sure if there was racism in biblical times. I remember that one Girl, time there was, there was. yeah, because yeah. I remember Moses's sister, uh, mm. she had a problem with Moses marrying a lady from Cush. I think it was Cush or Egypt. Yep. Can't remember. But yeah, and her skin was white as snow after. So I'm not sure if God did that. <laughs> yeah, because she was leprous. But yeah, I'm not sure. I hear you. I hear you. Point, but I hear you. Yeah. I caught it. You're good. Yeah. But that's okay. exactly it. And something else that I think is important to remember as the baseline is the people in the Bible were not white. I don't know who needs to hear that, but the people in the Bible were not white. They were from Abraham's bloodline, the land of Ur in Mesopotamia. Of course, we have no idea what their skin color looked like. And of course, race classifications are very subjective. It's not really based on anything realistic. It's just features and all of that. But yeah, features can differ based like wherever you are. But anyway, the, they were Jewish. They were like, they had brown skin. Their hair was curly or wavy. It was dark. They had noses that have a different shape. Like, you know, we don't know exactly what they look like, but they weren't white. And how I know that is because even in the New Testament, um, the Romans, who were the oppressive power, obviously they're like from Rome, Italy, those places, that is in Europe. And 
Peter and the disciples at times were racist towards them. They considered them Gentiles. They said they don't want to mix with them. But God said, no, Peter, I'm going to check you for that. And that happened in the book of Acts with like the sheet of all those animals where God gave Peter a vision and said, don't call unclean what I have called clean. And that was towards his fellow human beings saying that like, even though this person is Roman and they're considered quote unquote Gentile, because Jesus died for them, they're just like you, they're in the body of Christ. So actually a lot of the racism, even in the Bible was against white people who were the Gentiles around at that time. So yeah, just, just reminding us that like, there's all kinds of people in the Bible. Um, it's not that one group is the holy, holier group, another one is whatever. We're all made in God's image. And throughout history, God has been trying to teach us how to get along and actually treat each other, you know, like we are fellow children of God. Yes, yes, yes. Allie, we're right there. <laughs>